This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is the Prince of Queens, Brian Myers, and the host of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. And you're listening to Top Rope Nation. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time! Oh, no. Oh, yeah! I finished these fights. Give me a hell, yeah! Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today. Well, we took Thursday off, but we're back. It's episode 174 of Top Rope Nation. It's Ryan and Kyle on the line. Uh, we're here to break down everything happening in pro wrestling this week. We've got quite the agenda in front of us because, like I said, uh, we didn't do our usual two shows this week for the first time since early May. And, uh, Kyle, the reason for that is I got a new microphone. I don't know if the listeners can tell or not. And uh, I was getting the uh, the old offices, the Top Rope Nation offices set to record with a new setup. But... Uh, here we are. What's going on out, out in Cleveland? The Thunderdome is back operational in Iowa. <laughs> the Pod Dome is ready to go. Yes, the Pod Dome. Uh, how's it going out here? I have a 2X IPA open, uh, which may be terrible news for both you and this podcast, as well as the rest of my Saturday workday uh, <laughs> as I scramble to get all my NFL picks in for tomorrow. But uh, I'm ready to talk wrestling. I think there was a lot that happened in the last seven days uh, on television just to uh, talk about some news as well yeah absolutely should mention as we record this it's two o'clock in the afternoon kyle so uh, i hope you're ready to go for the rest of the day <laughs> yeah a, could be a long night man yeah i'm gonna check on you tonight around 10 p.m see how it's see how it's going so uh justin was not able to join us today but uh when we check in with you next week hopefully he will be on the line but if, if you are listening for the first time guys i do want to say uh, you heard the show open from Greg Olson. We are members of the Blue Wire Podcasting Network. Check out bluewirepods.com. They recently redesigned the website. You can find the whole lineup of shows over there. Shows on the uh, NBA, NFL, MLB, pro wrestling as well. They pretty much got a podcast for everyone. If you like Top Rope Nation, you'll probably find something you like over at bluewirepods.com. And of course, we are also available wherever podcasts are found. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, as well as TopRopeNation.com. And a really good deal we've been doing lately on the show, I've sent out a lot of stickers, guys, is um, there's two ways to get a free Top Rope Nation sticker. You can email the show, TopRopeNation at gmail.com for our mailbag segments. If you do so and we read your question on the air, I'll send you a free sticker in the mail. And the other way is to leave us a review and uh, include your Instagram or Twitter handle in the review so I can get a hold of you. And uh, we had a new one come in this week, Kyle. So uh, I got to send a sticker across the pond because this came in via the UK edition of Apple Podcasts. And it was Zombie JD writing in. It says, five stars, fan from the UK, started listening a couple months ago. Great podcast. Thumbs up. Johnny. Johnny. 
the sticker is in the mail. It's on the way to you. We appreciate you uh, your support. Leaving us a rating, it helps us out a lot. If you guys want a free sticker, Apple Podcasts. Leave us the five-star review and leave us a written review. I'll get that out to you in the mail. They love us at England, don't they? They do, man. I'm, I think Liam has been key to our growth over there. Friend of the show, Liam O'Rourke. He's been on here a few times. I think he's done some recommending. And uh, Liam has quite the reputation in the UK. So that helps us out. But uh, I do... The- I do- <laughs> He's our Zane Bresloff of the UK yeah. office. <laughs> yes. I do notice, though, I think it's usually weekly 10 to 15% of our downloads come from the UK. So I uh, definitely appreciate that support. Kyle, SmackDown ratings, fresh off the wire. I just Ooh. wrote the article over at comicbook.com. And at least according to the overnights, now these ratings are usually finalized on Monday. So they'll be updated by then. But uh, as of right now, SmackDown went downhill in the viewership. Uh, the show drew an average of 1.954 million viewers. Of course, last week's show was the most watched SmackDown since April 10th, which was the post-WrestleMania edition of the show. Uh, so the show fell about 16% in, in the viewership department. As far as the 18 to 49 demographic, you know, the, the target demo, the show was number one on cable, but that number went down too from a 0.6 last week to a 0.5 this week. You mean network TV? Or on, on network TV, yeah. So what do we make of this? I mean, what's what's the reason the show went downhill, do you think? Can you point to anything at all? Yes. I have a couple of theories. I have uh, rather, I think, easy one to turn to. Um, if there is one thing that hurts television across the board, it's news. And with the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg last night occurring um, during SmackDown, uh, it was a shoo-in then that cable news ratings would go up, and I'm sure they did, and SmackDown went down. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the uh, the obvious theory for me. Um, and it was it was really hard, I mean, honestly, covering the show for comic book to uh, get into the show with all of that going on and following yeah. the news on my timeline and everything. And uh, I was kind of thinking about this, and uh, I think you could probably say Ginsburg, probably the most famous Supreme Court justice of, like, the last 50 years. I mean, maybe you have to go back to, like, Earl Warren in the 60s. I, mean, I guess Sandra Day O'Connor was pretty notorious as well but i mean rbg is incredibly famous and and well respected so it was a huge news event if you went on the street and asked people name a supreme court justice i assume she would be the most uh given answer yes for sure um i want to point something out about ratings if we can maybe lighten the tone here a little bit if that's okay uh all this ratings talk to me is much ado about nothing. I mean, they only lost 300,000 viewers, right? And th- these ups and downs that are reported every week, to me, yeah, I just use the term and I'm going to repeat it again. Much ado about nothing. Like, the margins that the show operates, and this is true for Raw as well, are so narrow now. You know, the bigger story is just the complete lack of a casual audience. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. I mean, the audience, it it bounces. I mean, I don't know what the ceiling is and what the floor is right now for WWE programming or for AEW, that matter. But, like, you know, when people are like, oh, it was down this week. Oh, it was up this week. You look at how much it's up and down. Really, it just always falls, you know, within that 10-week average. 
And mm. I, I just think, again, the bigger story when it comes to wrestling on television right now is how there's just very little in the way of casual audience. I mean, yeah, um, maybe we can analyze why 300,000 people watch less. I mean, it seems pretty obvious. I guess we just gave you the answer this week. But, you know, with the promotion they get during the NFL for SmackDown, you would think, like, some people would try out this show, right? You would think. And, yeah. and the other thing is, with Raw, this was interesting, too. They weren't down that much when the NFL started. Yeah, I mean, people were really expecting a downward yeah, trend. It didn't really happen as which, expected. Which tells me those people who are like, you know, those casual fans or whatever you want to call them, people that are into football more than wrestling and are, you know, no, not going to be as interested in Raw, uh, theoretically, during football season, those people just aren't watching Raw to begin with. Right. So, I, I don't know what to make of these ratings discussions week to week. They The number last week was good. Um, this week, we'll see how much it was RBG-related or not. Um, I mean, given that they were at their high point uh, for, what, five months? It, it, it almost makes sense that they were down regardless if there was a major news story or not. So, yeah, I mean, we don't we don't talk about ratings a lot on this show, but just given the time that we're, we're doing the show today and the ratings just mm -hmm. dropped, you know, it's kind of newsworthy. But oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. As you said, they had been over two million, which a couple of years ago, if we, if we talked about being over two million as a good thing, you would have had to probably knock us over. But yeah, the last five the last five weeks, they've been over two million. So it was an upward trend. I have a feeling when the final viewership figures come in Monday, this show will probably be right at about two million. Because if the last couple of weeks are any indication, usually like it goes up by the time the final numbers come by like about a hundred thousand or so. So it'll probably increase a little bit from the one point nine five four we're talking about now. But it's still going to be down. Uh, but uh, I mean, yeah, like we said, there was a, a pretty newsworthy event going on in the world, and that certainly had to affect things. Look, I've mentioned this before on the program. I'm going to reiterate it here again because I think this deserves to be beaten into the ground. Their debut episode on Fox, which received unprecedented promotion in the wrestling world, uh, you know, I mean, they've never gotten that sort of mainstream presence that they did for that SmackDown debut. Did twice what they did last night, and. It took them like, what, two, three weeks to lose mm -hmm. all of that. So, and just go back to what they were doing on USA. So, yeah, I mean, whatever. It'll fluctuate by a couple hundred thousand every week. But the bottom line is uh, there is no casual audience for professional wrestling right now. They're, yeah, they're pretty much down to that, uh, the hardcore base that's going to stick with them, you know, give or take a couple hundred thousand through thick mm -hmm. and thin. So, speaking of sticking with wwe Kyle. oh <laughs> that was good in the back of my head i'm like i wonder if he's gonna like you know if he's gonna make that connection you did i like that good stuff <laughs> we think alike after four years of doing this yeah. show uh, ricochet so there's this report that came out this week i believe it was wrestle votes yes. said that there was a name in wwe that had basically decided to not resign when his contract comes due his or her contract comes due i should say um, but obviously they said they couldn't reveal who it is because of privacy and they wouldn't want it known. Um, but just fine for the record. I, I love when people like jump all over that. Like, yeah. <laughs> like they're going to say who it is. Right. And then throughout the week, then it came forward that it could be Ricochet that's on his way out of WWE. Uh, do you remember who broke that? I don't even remember who came up with his name. Okay. 
From what I can tell, this is how Ricochet's name got mentioned in connection with this story. Uh, I saw Rovert, who um, is always trying to break news on Twitter, uh, bring up the fact that Ricochet signed in January of 2018. Right. So the initial WWE deals are typically three years. So if you do the math, there you go. Mm-hmm. His deal, his initial deal is probably coming up in January. Um, so then you look at how Ricochet's booked. Not well. Uh, it would probably make <laughs> sense yeah. for him to leave. And I think that's how his name got thrown out. His denial was very interesting because it was the very standard WWE issue denial where it was just blaming, you know, news sites trying to get clicks. He didn't really deny the idea that he was leaving. I didn't think there was some stuff in there, which I thought came across as foolish. Like I just got to work harder. I mean, Come on, pretty Ricky, stop that. I hope you don't believe that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to read a verbatim what he said. Okay. I, I know where you're getting at. So he says, fact check before you just blast some, tr- blast some trash on your website for some clicks. And then he says, but seriously, where the hell did these rumors start? I've never said once that I am leaving to anyone. So for these dirt cheats out there, maybe fact check before you just blast some trash, like I said. So then he says, that's the thing in this industry. Nothing is ever, quote, deserved. It's all earned. It's about putting in the work to succeed. I've just got to put in more work is all, and that's okay. This is where I thrive. And as we all know, Dominic Mysterio has outworked Ricochet mm. to uh, get a higher position on the card on Monday Night Raw. Of course. Of course. Yes. <laughs> and for the record, I like Dominic Mysterio. We've been very complimentary of him, but I just think that's funny mm. uh, when you read that comment. Okay. Do we believe Ricochet? Uh, do I believe this? I don't know. I mean, like you said, <laughs> three years, it makes sense. He's been used. We've talked about this a lot in the past. He's been used very poorly. We were, we were very, very high on him coming in, um, to the company. Yeah, uh, I think all three of us, I was in particular. Yeah. Although I was really trepidatious because there is nothing in the history of Vince McMahon booking that would suggest Ricochet was going to be a top level guy. It's true. It's absolutely true. and I mean, I, he, He's just yeah. not the kind of performer that gets put at the top of the card with Vince McMahon Jr. Uh, or Sr. for that matter, uh, calling the shots. I've always thought, I always kind of thought right from the beginning when he came into the main roster, they really screwed him over with, with the cape thing and all of that. I mean, I wasn't a... I, I just didn't envision that that was going to work out too well, well, the look they gave him. You, you know what the big issue is with him is... You know, when you think of Ricochet, you think of a Ricochet-style match, right? Mm-hmm. Like, when you think of his match, you think of, like, you know, high spots, a lot of athletic stuff, you know, like the finish against Cedric Alexander this past week on Monday, right? That awesome uh, bump he took off the lumbar check. Like, that was mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. But there's two problems that Ricochet's facing. One, there's not enough guys on the WWE roster to consistently have, quote-unquote, Ricochet-style matches. Two, and again, this goes back to the history of the promotion, never really been interested, WWE has, in like um, having these blow-away undercard matches. Yeah. You know, and so 
it was very obvious, like you said, from the jump, Ricochet was not going to be at the top of the card mm-hmm. uh, once he came up to the main roster. And the problem with that is then they're not going to allow him to work to his strengths in the undercard because they don't let anyone, any undercard wrestler, have blowaway matches. It's not just Ricochet. Um, you know, blowaway matches are for the top of the card in WWE. Yeah. So yeah. he was kind of screwed from the start. Um, I, I don't, for the record, I don't know if WrestleVotes was just making this story up or not. Uh, I don't know if Ricochet's deal actually does end in January 2021. Uh, what I do know is it would make a ton of sense for him to go to AEW. Not being an AEW homer, it's just everything I just talked about. Okay, about WWE not playing to his strengths, uh, AEW certainly would. Right? Like, he could be like the TNT champion and have, again, quote-unquote, ricochet-style matches with a variety of of opponents. You're saying his ceiling's a lot higher in AEW. Yes. yes. I yes. mean, there's just so many people in WWE. It's it's and you know, and they have their favorites, which is fine. You should have favorites. Um, he's just not one of them. So I, you know, I, I would get out while the getting's good. I wouldn't sign another deal. But as we've seen in the past, some of these guys just like being in WWE. The money's good. Who knows? Yeah. Well, there's another guy we're going to talk about here in just a minute. Uh, we can debate his future based on how he's been used on television. We saw some awful stuff on SmackDown last night. We're going to get to that. But before we do, let's throw a shout out to our good friends over at Bet Online and a new sponsor of the show, Kyle, Indeed.com. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right. So, Kyle, the, the other name I'm talking about here is Mr. 
Matt Riddle. And uh, do you want to explain to the listeners what's going on in his neck of the woods? <laughs> okay, so as everybody likely knows, um, as part of the speaking out movement, uh, allegations were made against Mr. Riddle from Candy Cartwright. Um, and this week, David Bixenspan wrote an article saying that Riddle's side dropped uh, a filing for a restraining order uh, because it the the other side was prepared to like kind of like I guess shred the allegations and this was viewed kind of as Riddle's side backing down. But you know, then um, if you read the Observer, Meltzer talks about how Riddle's side is now expected to file a slander libel lawsuit against Candy Cartwright, real name Samantha Tavel, Tavel? I don't know, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, um, for alleging that he sexually assaulted her. We do know the two had a relationship. We don't know what happened, obviously. Um, but what we do know, and Dave hit on this in his article, Meltzer, that is, not Bix and Span, we ripped, the, you and I ripped on this at the time, on that payback recap show. But mm. WWE using that Baron Corbin tweet about Riddle being a failure at home. That was questionable at the time. I mean, it was just, I mean, we were both like, this is a pretty stupid idea. But in retrospect, it looks even worse. Yeah. No kidding. I mean, yeah. why would you do that? Um, so I don't know where this is going. I mean, the, the, you know, I obviously wasn't there and this is something where you have to let the legal process work its way out what i do wonder is will matt riddle ever be seriously pushed um in wwe if this is not cleared if his name is not cleared in this situation i mean obviously he i mean if he's found guilty i mean you know they could get who knows they could get rid of him if they want i mean Meltzer says that they were aware of this uh going in and that it was explained and that you know further i guess that he didn't want to take legal action initially just because wwe said he probably didn't need to after he was consulting with their lawyers but what do you think i mean is matt riddle's career kind of in limbo right now until this is sorted out this being the legal process uh judging by the way that they used him on smackdown last night i would say yes because it was truly awful. You, like, I saw that. So I was bracing myself for this segment because I had already seen your... T- I didn't watch the SmackDown until this morning. But I had seen your tweets about... What did you say? Oh, oof, I, that Riddle segment or something like that? Yeah, so like, I, I said that Matt Riddle segment dot dot dot. Oh, no. I was quoting Kyle. <laughs> there you go. The oh, yeah, no. Yes. Yeah. The trademark. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's not going to get anybody over as a baby face. You can't possibly schedule that for your television show and think it's anything other than terrible like that that's the way they that's the kind of stuff they do when they want to like kind of secretly bury a guy you know like i just do not see how anyone could sit around a creative meeting and think like oh this this is a great idea we're gonna have matt riddle on camera talking about the different ways he says bro (laughs) i you know i don't know they might think it's cool i don't well that would explain a lot which is the problem but (laughs) Yeah, it, it, it wasn't good. I mean, the whole thing with Riddle's presentation, it's so dude, where's my car? And not half-baked, you know? It's just <laughs> like the, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not just the cool like, version. Yeah. It's just like, you know, WWE, WWE's create shitty interpretation of a stoner. 
That's what that's what we're getting with Matt Riddle. That's what it is. It's like so it's you know I mean whatever. Teach his own. It's somebody who doesn't smoke pot. You know, writing for a pothead. <laughs> that's pretty pretty well said. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just like Ricochet, we heap praise on Matt Riddle when he was signed, and uh, I think there's a show in our archives where we talk about Matt Riddle's a guy you could build a brand yeah. around, and they have just not not done it. And, you know, obviously, again, it's, you know, we've talked, we talk serious allegations on this show quite but, a bit. But but even prior to that, you know, like, I understand now that going yeah. on, but like, before all that came out, I don't know. I mean, I, oh, guess, yeah. I guess they gave him the victory over AJ right away, but. But yeah, since then it's been downhill, and I don't know if that's related to the legal situation or not, but the fact that they're not pushing him, because that's a head scratcher for me, and that's the only thing I could think of, Um other than that they don't really push anyone well from NXT. Uh, so who knows? Um, I was higher on Riddle than Ricochet going back to that debate just because, again, I, I just thought the history the promotion and guys like Ricochet just don't jive. Riddle, I just thought with the MMA background, may, you know, he's got a little more character to him. Vince could stick his teeth into that. But obviously, you have a serious situation. Um, if, you know, if true, then, uh, you know, obviously... Um, you know, a, a bad deal and Matt Riddle, who knows what becomes of him. Um, yeah. It's it, so, who knows? We, we, we shall see. But, I, um, I, go ahead. Sorry. No, that was all I got. I think, I think it was just, Justin recently went back and he listened to that show. And I think it was the same show we were talking about Riddle and Ricochet. And, uh, I think I had said on the show that if I had to pick, I'd rather watch Ricochet wrestle just like he's a little bit more unique in the ring. But both guys, you know, super talented and, Ricochet is a whole different situation, you know, because we don't have this this type of legal situation going on in the background. Yeah. Um, Ricochet, you know, there was there was the report that uh, that Paul Heyman, when he was in charge of Kratom, he he was really making it a point to push Ricochet more, and I do think he had some added focus when Heyman was around. But I don't I don't imagine either of these guys breaking through to the top tier of the card the way things stand right now. No, uh, the the bottom line is, you know, look, Molina's coming back right now. It is shocking with, and, and I don't know if it's Vince and Bruce or whomever, but how much more WWE l- looks in reverence to 10 years ago than to NXT. Yeah. It's well, did, crazy. Did you see Molina denied that report now? Well, yeah, of course. So did Edge right before he yeah. came back. Okay. I mean, that, again, that's like standard issue. I mean, yeah. like, you could just, like, whip these things out in a press release. Like, what's Ricochet going to say? Yeah, you know, I have been thinking about leaving WWE as a matter of fact. Now, of course he's not going to say that. You know? And Boy, they booked me like shit, guys. Yeah, they, yeah, they, guys, my hat's off to the folks at WrestleVotes. They got this one right, as I've been booked horribly for the last three years, and I can't wait to get the fuck out of here. No, he's not going to say that. Yeah, and yeah, to your point, Molina, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, the PW Insider report noted she was going to debut on TV within a week. So uh, by next weekend, maybe we'll know how true her denial really was. We'll see. That's an, that's an odd re-signing. I mean, I, I root for it people is. to be employed in, in the year 2020. Uh, unemployment too high. Um, should be zero, in my opinion. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know what she was doing. Maybe she did have a job, but um, I assume she did. But. Yeah. You, you know, I, I just, that's an odd hiring to yeah. me. Just bringing these folks back from 10, 12 years ago. Weird. Supposedly her work on NWA kind of was influencing the decision. She had reappeared there and impressed them again. But uh, 
Yeah, not probably the first signing I would make if mm-hmm. I was going back to. That's years, right. Shame but... on me. I forgot all. I, I forgot all about that. Yes, you're right. So we're going to talk a little bit on TV because there was a really good edition of Dynamite this week, and we wanted to hit on a couple topics for that. But before we do, Kyle, speaking of television, should we pour one out for Mr. Yes. Monsoon Classic? Because if you wanted to watch old WWF television and other promotions or as WCW well, too, yeah. Yep. Uh, this was the channel, and some tool bag <laughs> reported Monsoon Classic to YouTube, and it has been taken down. I, I don't know if we can hold out any hope that the channel will return, but uh, I mean, I remember years ago, my friend Mike, who tunes into this podcast, I think, once in a while, he, he turned me onto the Monsoon Classic channel, and I mean, that was my go-to when I wanted to see any old television. I mean, this is... This is usually stuff that WWE doesn't have on the network, you know? No, so, I think he ex- he specifically had stuff that wasn't on the network. Yeah, I mean, this is where you find the, the hard-to-find WCW television, you know? Um, what was that discussion we had not too long ago about, on, on the show about... Um, it was when we did the uh, Flair draft, and I was raving about that match he had with Brian Pillman on, I think, Saturday night. Yeah. that was. I think I watched that on Monsoon Classic. I mean, that was, like, the only place I could find it. Uh, so... It really sucks, you know, for the the older fans to see that this channel's getting taken down. Now, I would understand if it was all kinds of content you can watch on the network, but since it's not, I mean, at least until you put that stuff up, you know, leave this up so the wrestling fans can see this great footage. And it was very, very, very disappointing to me. Yeah, I mean, how many times have you Googled something and it's on his channel? Like, you're yeah. looking for something like, um, like, I think, God, was it the Bob Backlund heel turn? That I watched on there not that long ago, of uh, the famous Bob Backlund heel turn of nineteen ninety four. He had the superstars oh, yeah. match against Brett, mm-hmm. and then he snaps after he loses. Um, that was a good deal, by the way. Much better storytelling than you see on W television today. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it, that, that sucked. When I saw Monsoon Classic say something about, I, I forgot what I saw. I remember I woke, I had woken up, just woken up, and I was looking through Twitter, and I see something, I'm like, oh no, don't tell me they got Monsoon Classic. I mean, in the back of your mind, you're always like, God, I hope they never get this guy. Mm-hmm. And they got him, and it sucks. It's 2020, what do you expect? The worst yeah. year in recent memory. And mm-hmm. Monsoon Classic, we pour one out for you, my friend, and hopefully you can get you get your channel back up. We'll see what happens. But um, TV-wise, Kyle, then, so SmackDown last night, covering the show for Comic Book, like I say, it was, it was kind of hard to get into the show. Uh, there was some decent stuff on there. I thought uh, the stuff they did with Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss was was good. Um, Bliss, uh, although I hope they're not doing the Fiend as a trigger word. For yeah, Alexa that Bliss, was weird because that would be bad. I mean, with a capital bad. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, Nikki Cross beat Lacey Evans, and then at the end of the match, Lacey Evans crawled over to. Uh, they announced position where Bliss had been doing guest commentary and mentioned the fiend, and then Bliss went into her trance. You know, <laughs> which my I was thinking watching that, like she is she is a hell of an actress to keep that face straight and not smile at all on live television as she walks off. I guess <laughs> <laughs> I think she's selling it good, but I I mean I don't know where this is going. I think it's moderately interesting, but I'm not I'm still not high on the fiend. So you know. yeah, and I don't want him infecting other feuds. Yeah, uh, we had Sasha return to television. She got attacked by Bailey again. I mean, I am excited to see that match when it when it does yeah. happen. They've done a very good job, obviously, building to that whenever it happens. But 
the Roman Reigns Jey Uso stuff is by far the highlight on this show. Pretty much since Roman returned, the show, the quality has been so much better. Imagine and, that. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, I mean, this is this is the game right here. The the slow split they're doing with him and his cousin Jey Uso is great. Um, so, like, on last week's show, they had the tag match. Roman comes in late like he's been doing since he returned and kind of, like, stole the victory at the end with a blind tag from Jay after he hit the spear. This week, the rule was they're having a Samoan street fight, and Roman had to be first in the match. You know, it was a rematch of that tag match against Sheamus and Baron Corbin, or King Corbin. Uh, so, we had, a, you know, it was a street fight. We had the spots on the outside. We had the table spots. We had... Uh, one of them was it Seamus got speared through the ringside barrier. Yep. Um, and in the end, Roman actually got into the ring and he speared Corbin. And then Uso hit the splash off the top and got the pinfall. So he let his cousin, uh, you know, get the get the pinfall, which was interesting because he had kind of like stolen it last week. And then the way they sold this after the match with that Roman had like this big almost like cheesy smile yeah. on his face a real long hug name a guy you've ever hugged that long <laughs> in your entire life the next time i see you that okay will be a, thank that you will be i thought that that's nice <laughs> but i mean you saw the big smile so you're just like waiting for the turn i actually kind of thought he might attack him because next week's like the go home show until uh the clash of champions or whatever they're calling it. yeah clash of champions show and so but that didn't happen there was this tense moment where Uso acted like he was going to hold up the title and then he tossed it to Roman and just they kind of laughed about it. But then when Uso walked off, Roman's face went from the smile to like this annoyed scowl and that's how they went off the air. And I thought that that was great stuff, Kyle. Yes, the closing seconds of that show was tremendous. And Heyman's reaction too. Heyman's been really good with his facials reacting to Roman, like almost like he's kind of like scared of him a little bit. Yeah. That, that, that's good stuff. Um, you're right. Roman Reigns right now is head and shoulders the top performer in the WWE. And it's funny because we talked about this when it was apparent that they were going uh, with him as a heel. That His presentation's never been better. And you've got this, you know, this ironic situation where he's going from a baby face that was resented to a heel that is now really badass. Mm -hmm. um, this whole Jey Uso feud is fascinating to me because it requires something WWE isn't very good at, and yet they're hitting so far, and that's nuance. Um, we all agree, I think, that Jey Uso has zero chance of winning the title at the pay-per-view, right? Yes, yes. I think we would all agree that it would actually be very stupid for Jey Uso <laughs> to win the title at the pay-per-view, right? Yes. Okay, so the key to the program and the match is, you know, Roman's character work. And how do they do it? It's not the end point, but it, it, it's the means. It's, it's the how they get there. And, you know, WWE isn't always very good at doing that. You know, so often they rely on surprises or just kind of muddying the booking so you don't know what's going to happen next. Like what they're doing on the, with the Raw title program you know, is Randy Orton going to be there? Is Keith Lee going to be a substitute? You know, they, they're doing that. This, it's, look, we all know who's going to win, but what's the intrigue going to be to get to the end point? Um, a finish that we bring up a lot on this show, deservedly so, is the finish at SummerSlam 97, right? 
mm-hmm. where Brett wins his fifth title from The Undertaker. Well, if you want to put yourself back in your 14-year-old shoes or whatever you were, Ryan, I think that's kind of around what age you were at that time. Yes. I think you, and we all for that matter, knew Bret Hart was going to win the title once the stipulation was announced that he could never wrestle in the U.S. again if he loses. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I mean, that'd be dumb. I mean, although they did screw him three months later, um, the idea that Bret Hart would not wrestle in the United States again seemed kind of dumb. Yeah. And that, so it's like, well, Bret's going to win. Well, then they murky the waters up with Sean as the official. It's like, okay, well, I know Bret's going to win, but how are they going to do it with Sean as the ref? And they, of course, came up with that perfect finish. So I'm not saying they've got a perfect finish or anything like that in mind for this, but it's all about character work. And so far, they're hitting out of the park. Um, Jay is not acting too oblivious to it, which is good. Like, you don't want, like, your baby face looking like a complete idiot and getting blindsided, um, which they <laughs> do a that. lot yes, in this promotion. Yes. yes. Uh, but so he, he's doing okay. But, yeah, Roman's character work um, has just been off the page. And, you know, we talk about – everyone's been talking about it for years. Should he go heel? I don't think his presentation has ever been better. Like, I actually like him a lot, the way he's being presented. But it may be a case where he's just a better natural heel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, he he projects that smugness about him. Um, and he's very good. So, yeah, it's been the best thing in WWE. Uh, who would have thought that a Jay Uso world title program uh, would be the best thing in WWE in 2020? It's different. I mean, it's different. It's fresh. I mean, that's why I like I like the family aspect of it. And do we think that this is leading towards a Roman Rock match? Maybe for Mania next year or SummerSlam next year, somewhere down the line where they can have a crowd. They're not. If there's a crowd, then maybe the idea of Rock could be broached. You're not going to waste the Rock on an empty arena. No, no. I mean, you just you just can't do that. His price tag's too high. Uh so who knows? I mean, if they can, you know, do a normal WrestleMania or something close to it, maybe that could be in there. I thought the video package on the family history that they aired in the middle of SmackDown last night was absolutely tremendous. Yeah. Uh, that was the highlight of the show. One last thought on SmackDown. You mentioned Bailey Sasha and Nikki Alexa, those programs. A lot of breakups going on in WWE right now. Yeah. That's you know, and over on Raw, you have like Andrade and Garza are breaking up seemingly. Um, you know, Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy are having their issues. Cedric Alexander just turned on Ricochet and Paul Cruz. You have a lot of that. I don't know if that's great booking to have so many like people turning on each other at the same time. Uh, maybe a minor quibble, but uh, I think it's something that needs to be uh, brought to the listeners' attention nonetheless. I guess it'll give them some freedom when they do this draft. You know, a little more freedom of movement, perhaps. Yeah, and you speaking of the draft, too, just I, maybe we could touch on Raw real quick. Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre aren't possibly going to be on the same show. Are they anywhere? Because did you hear? They announced them for Raw again this week. Yeah. So uh, the fact that they're going to that match a couple twice in a row so quickly leads me to believe that maybe that's not the main event on the Raw side. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make much sense. You're right. Yeah, to, to go right to it. I mean, I, I would guess they're going to get split up in the draft. So, Yeah, I think Keith Lee probably heading to SmackDown hmm. would, would make the most sense. But we shall see. Um, AEW, though, Wednesday night, Kyle. I mean, I think, 
I think when you look at the the television this week, there's no contest of what had the best show of the week. Uh, and uh, AEW was head-to-head again, of course, with NXT. Uh, and AEW won the night, uh, I think just under 900,000 viewers. Close to 900,000, something like that. It was ish. It was 900,000. It was 900,000? Okay. Uh, so, you know, we could spiral this into that conversation again about it. Should NXT move to Tuesday? But obviously, each show did better, especially NXT when they were on a different night. And uh, NXT definitely topped by AEW in the quality department. This was a great, great show. You had the the brawl at the end, the parking lot brawl, which Dave Meltzer gave five stars. Kyle, I'm interested <laughs> to see your uh, your take on that. I mean, I I enjoyed it. I don't think it was a five star match but it was, no. it was it was a lot better than that brawl that they did on the nxt takeover a couple months ago with the cars circled i will say that with uh, uh yes velvet yes, dream I, and, uh, yeah. adam cole yeah no one is gonna dispute that yeah so it, it was i mean it was great uh i liked the uh the spot with trent taking the power bomb and the windshield that was insane I loved uh, when his mom came in the van at the end and flipped everyone off as they drove yes. off. That was that brought a big smile to my face. That was good stuff. Um, but I mean, yeah, when you when you look at brawls in pro wrestling, I mean, this is right up there. It was it was good good stuff. Would you give this one five stars? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, no, four and a quarter, maybe tops. I would say for me, but yeah. Yeah. Um. Wow, Dave. Compare it to the famous tuxedo street fight coal miners glove match between DiBiase and Duggan. Mm. Has this man lost his mind? <laughs> I was shocked when I saw five stars. Like I said, I really enjoyed it, but uh, I'm going right. to give it five so, stars. Okay. Now, let's be fair. It wasn't just Meltzer. Jim Ross called this the best brawl he had ever broadcast. Think of the ground that covers. So, I mean, I can give him a little bit of a pass since he's working for the promotion and it's, you know, he's hyping it yeah. a little bit. But, but yeah. uh, look, okay, was worth, all right. And I feel we always get into this when comparing old to modern wrestling. Were the spots in the Best Friends Santana Ortiz match um, much more dangerous and violent? than anything done by Jim Duggan and Ted DiBiase in 1985? Yes. Yes, they were. Um, I I just think that... One thing I've just noticed when it comes to rating matches, uh, a a big difference between Meltzer and I is he very much is bell rings, bell ends, that's the rating. Whereas I think there's just so much more that goes into it. You know, the storytelling. Like, that DiBiase-Duggan deal, man, that was like a two-year feud being mm. climaxed. Um, and for the record, if people haven't seen that, that is a legit five-star match. It is... If your impression... If your knowledge of Jim Duggan is just WWE, like, you know, poor man's Hulk Hogan, Jim... You know, Hulk Hogan's, like, slow buddy Jim Duggan gimmick. Yeah. Watch him in Mid-South. He's a totally different guy. He was a brawler and an ass kicker. His brawls were amazing for Watts. Um... This was a, a four-plus-star match, I'll say that. Um, my wife was in the room, and she was actually watching it. I don't think that should be the end-all, be-all when rating wrestling matches, but, uh, you know, when Trent went through the windshield, she goes, oh, my God. That spot was crazy, man. Yeah. His back yeah. was all cut up. Yeah, and, because yeah. we're used to, like, the gimmick stuff in WWE, and it wasn't gimmick. Yeah. I mean, this was a real... So I don't, like, I hate this, where it's like, you know... I'm like, well, what 
you know, where I feel like I'm, I'm nitpicking because I was, it was tremendous. Um, something I'd like to say is, I, I'd also like to say in the shows, I thought the FTR tag match against Jurassic Express was better than the pay-per-view tag match, which Meltzer had the opposite opinion of. I agree with you. I okay. think uh, I think on our pay-per-view show, yeah, we we talked about how something was kind of missing in that match. This yeah, was Meltzer this gave was it good. four and a half stars. Was the way Omega. too high. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I mean, so I mean, take us all. I mean, you had two four plus star matches bookending uh, AEW Dynamite this week. That's incredible for a television show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and plus, I thought Adam Page and Frankie Kazarian was really good. Yeah. You know, there was a time when. You know, we might have said, hey, Adam Page is giving too much to Kazarian here. You know, going 250-50 with him. This is too competitive a match. I think it says something about where Adam Page is at that no one's saying that anymore. He's a big enough star where he can do that, not lose any luster at all. Yeah, yeah, I um, agree. You know, this wasn't that disaster he had with Kip Sabian last summer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, speaking of Kip Sabian, Meltzer has been getting a little, you know, speaking of, has been getting sassy in the Observer the last two weeks taking shots at uh, Miro and taking shots at AJ Styles. Did you see either of those? No, I didn't see that. Okay, he basically like just flat out stated that he thinks Miro's doing steroids in the Observer this wow. week. Wow. Like, he's like, this Miro is ripped! Oh, God. He hasn't had a lot to do, man. I mean, <laughs> he's been let, 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 me, let me find the exact quote here. I was I was like, wow. Because, I mean, if obviously people know David Miro got into it. Uh, on Twitter.com uh, over Randy over where Randy Orton's 2020 heel work ranks in the history of uh, pro wrestling. Hold on here. Do, 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 do. Where's his TV review? Kip Sabian is one of the great valets in AEW. <laughs> he is. Kip Sabian, this is the best use of Kip Sabian. Yes. As long as he's not wrestling, um, it, it's quite good. All right, where is this Miro thing? I'm looking here. Do, do, am I on... Okay, Dynamite Show. They were using fake weights that look like five plates, 495 pounds, and he supposedly did 30 reps. Miro is ripped now. Even though WWE drug test, it's often weird how guys often lose their physique when they leave WWE, but in this case, it's the opposite. Uh, well, uh, you, know, you know, I'll say that it's 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 easier to train uh, when you've been at home for months on end and you're not traveling five days a week. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, look, I don't know. I just thought it's crazy. I mean, look, there's maybe a couple neon signs in the AEW promotion that Dave has not brought up uh, we could talk about. But so it's weird that he just, you know, did that at a guy he was arguing with. And then AJ Styles, did you see what he said? Uh, that was funny. No, I haven't, I haven't I, read this week's yet. Okay. Oh, it was two weeks ago when oh, he said to AJ. Okay. Um, AJ apparently was, according to Dave, was like salty that he's missing his son's high school games. Yeah. Because he's working SmackDown. And Dave's like, well, maybe he should have thought of that before he blamed uh, Paul Heyman on ruining his WWE career. Jeez. Dave is getting salty. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, that one made me laugh, too. And by the way, how bad, how funny is it that Heyman and AJ are in the same locker room again after all that? Yeah. <laughs> now AJ's saying he's fine with it. He doesn't want to get traded. He's moving yeah. on, <laughs> but he's still mad at him. But We're on to Cincinnati. Okay, but back to AEW. Yeah. This was, I thought, easily a top five episode in the history of the program uh, with a, honestly, an argument is number one. I mean, again, two four-plus star matches on television, and Kenny Omega's character work. We talk character work a lot on this show, I feel, today. Uh, when he was doing commentary for that Paige Kazari match, it was great. Mm-hmm. It's very obvious he's the one who's going to be going heel. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. how he was being elusive to everything. What I assume is going to happen is either he's going to ask Paige to team up one more time or Paige will convince him to team up one more time and then Omega's going to turn on him there. For yeah, sure. I is what, so. is what I bet you. You know, it, it's interesting how they get all, and I don't know what they're doing with the Bucks. Um, it's going to be interesting. You they're know, just where losing everyone, their mind. Yeah, where everyone ends up <laughs> yeah. in this. Because I, I thought the whole build, you know, I talked about it on the show. I thought it was a messy build to that tag match at the pay-per-view mm. creatively. And so I wasn't surprised when it fell a little flat personally. Um, but, uh, you know, Paige is a babyface. Omega's a heel. Bucks kind of as a wild card. I think there's a lot of intrigue there. I thought promos from both MJF and Eddie Kingston were off the page. When you watch those promos and you watch WWE promos, it's kind of sad, the difference. Freedom versus a script. There you go. Yeah, like the WWE pro, they're just so sterile. Yeah. And like, you could, the language they use just like, it's just that there's like no emotional connection to what they're saying. Even like a promo like Sasha on SmackDown, which was pretty good. The verbiage just wasn't, it, at least at first, was kind of like bad. Um, you know, I'm look this MJF, that, that is a great wrestling promo uh, that he cut. And then maybe the biggest news story of the night, did we have our first shoot fight on AEW Dynamite with Thunder Rose, Rosa and Eva Lise? So... You know, I when I watched this, I didn't really even notice anything was out of out of whack. Oh, you didn't? <laughs> no, I, maybe I, I w- okay. I was like, they're working stiff. Yeah, but I, I maybe I just haven't seen each of them work enough to notice the difference. But it didn't really stand out to me. And then when I when I went back and looked at it again after seeing the reports, then I noticed it. But I guess in the moment, maybe I just wasn't paying attention close enough. I didn't really notice it live. I do have to. I do have to say, but. Uh, there's different reports on this because uh, yeah. Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful was saying that they were shooting. And or, or they were just uncooperative. And he said that he talked to both of them. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Meltzer and PW Insider and Brian Alvarez, I think, commented on this as well. He they denied were... that there was anything going on. Yeah. Or they but... denied. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's odd. I mean, it definitely was, you know... <laughs> Not all was right, I, I think. Between, they weren't on the same page, needless yeah. to say. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't hate the match. I'll say that. Um, I thought the match started a little slow. It was a little... Uh, you know what? You could see him like, calling the spots early, but like in the back half, it was it was much better. Yeah. yeah you, you know what I think started the downward trajectory, if folks want to go back and watch it? The Hurricane Rana was real sloppy, that spot, and it seemed that they were just on each other's nerves after that for whatever reason. Uh, Eva East does not really have a great history. I know that she's going through some tough times personally. Right mm-hmm. now, I think her house burned down or something. I read, um, so my heart goes out to her there. But um, you know, she, she's had some behavioral issues in previous promotions. Um, so some people were not surprised by this. Uh, we shall see how it affects her standing uh, in AEW. I, I do say I do have to say so. There's been a lot of criticism about the AEW women's division, and you know Britt Baker being out injured certainly hurts the division. Uh, she's still not cleared, by the way, according to a report in the last 24 hours. But uh, when she gets back, that's going to help. I do like that they brought in Thunder Rosa and are doing the whole NWA tie-in. I think she's great. I think she's been a great addition to the mm-hmm. roster. Uh, I think she does great, and I like what they're doing with Sheeta and Thunder Rosa. So I think things are on. 
the up and up a little bit. I mean, they got a ways to go, but uh, I, I think they've been making some good moves to try to fix things there. You know what's funny? We've seen already a decent number of male wrestlers make the pilgrimage from WWE to AEW, right? And on this, on our podcast, we've had the discussion, is it too much? Or are they positioned as, you know, are the ex-WWE folks positioned um, as stars too much relative to AEW's quote-unquote homegrown talent? We've had that discussion on the mm-hmm. show, and I, I think it's a discussion that, you know, bears revisiting every once in a while. I bring that up because if there is one thing that they should potentially quote-unquote raid the WWE, it's the women. Like, that's where they're hurting, is WWE has just so many women locked up under contract. Yeah, and I mean, Impact's division is really good, too. Yeah, there just aren't a lot of great women to go out and sign, and we're in the midst of a pandemic, so some folks, you know, can't get in the country. I'm not making excuses for AEW. I just, you know, when people rip the women's division, um, I, I don't think they can consistently have two good matches a week with this division, what they have right now. It, at least without just burning through all the potential matchups they have. Where do we think, mention the, the names that aren't available, where do we think Tessa Blanchard's going to end up? I don't know, because again, that's a deal, depending who you talk to, how much does AEW really want her? She has baggage, I guess. Mm-hmm. I haven't been in any of these locker rooms with Tessa Blanchard. Okay, but there's been reported you know, that she used racist language. That's not good. I met her once. I will say she was very oh, nice when I met her. Oh, okay. <laughs> but well, uh, I didn't have all... I, it was actually her and Ricochet back when they were dating. Uh, it was at an indie show, and I talked to both of them for quite a long time, and she was extremely friendly, but I've... Yeah, I mean, I'm not in the business, per se. I'm not backstage, so I, I've i heard all that stuff, too, and there is a reputation there, okay. for sure. I think the think- smart money seems to be... Most people think that she's going WWE lately, from what I had been seeing, but... Yeah. Go ahead. Think about this for a second with Tessa to AEW, those rumors. Her father is under contract. She isn't. Yeah. <laughs> like that, if that doesn't speak that there's some sort of underlying issue, I don't know what does. Like, if the fact that her father is on television, but she is not signed, I think tells you a lot. I think if you look at the two promotions, if one of them is going to listen to the talent, like if talent have concerns about someone coming in because there's these all these issues backstage, I, I think for sure AEW would be more likely to listen to the talent concerns and make a decision based yeah. off of that where WWE doesn't really care. They're going to bring in talent. And look, Tessa Blanchard is incredibly talented. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but yesterday a new video game came out. Uh, WWE 2K I Battlegrounds. Yes, yeah, so I'm not a big video game guy, but I saw people <laughs> tweeting about this. Yes. There is a uh, like a drawn picture or traced, maybe I should say, in the game that is very clearly Tessa Blanchard. And yeah, it's like when she won the TNA World Title, right, or when the Impact World Ch- Championship, right? Yeah, she's standing like on the ring apron with her arms mm-hmm. outstretched. Yeah, yeah, and the belts at her feet or her knees, I should say. Yeah, actually, she's kneeling. She's not standing, I think. But yeah, I mean, it's it's so clearly you can Google this. It's so <laughs> clearly her that she's in the game, um, and it's just like a loading screen or something. But uh, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, I want to bring up one thing about ratings again, actually, because this with AEW beating NXT so consistently on Wednesday nights. You know what's really fascinating is AEW's had 
able to have these blowaway shows like this past Wednesday, and they're not, you know, shooting their wads, so to speak, with the big money matches on television, like NXT is. I mean, look at what NXT has. I mean, again, there's been injuries, so that kind of dictated things, but look at some of the matches NXT has had on their television recently. You had a winner-take-all situation between Keith Lee and Adam Cole. You had a four-way Iron Man match, which ended in no contest, leading to Finn Balor and Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. Like, AEW's not putting anything of that importance in promotional canon uh, on its television shows and it's winning and i tip my cap to them that's called booking discipline yeah absolutely you know the fact that they are able to uh beat nxt so regularly without giving away those big quote-unquote pay-per-view caliber matches uh good good for them well yeah i mean almost every time nxt's won the ratings it's been presenting basically a takeover on usa network yeah you know and i i want to go back because Again, I thought Best Friends versus Santana Ortiz was tremendous. You know what's like really cool too is that was built. It wasn't built like Jim Duggan and Ted DiBiase in 1985, but it was built up <laughs> over the over a while, right? Going yeah, back to yeah. you know, take you know, destroying Trent's mom's van, and those are and putting them in a feature position on the television show, and them delivering. That's cool, man. Mm-hmm. That's really a cool deal. You know, that it's not just, you know, the same people put in that spot. Hey, let's try these guys. You know, they're going to go balls to the wall. They've had this feud, uh, you know, now for several weeks, a couple months, whatever. Let's see what they can do. And they delivered, man. That's a really cool deal. And I'm happy for all four folks involved. So when people hear this show, we're gonna you're probably gonna be listening to this on Monday as we get ready for Raw. And we've got a few things announced for Raw this week. Kyle, do you wanna go into that? Yeah, so I guess they announced two matches. Uh Drew McIntyre, Keith Lee again, yeah. which we brought up. Uh, that's odd. And then there is a three way to determine the number one contenders to the tag titles. Rollins and Murphy, Dominic and uh, Umberto Carrillo, and Andrade and Garza, who are apparently not broken up. <laughs> Yet, despite brawling. Please, dear God, don't let them. We cannot... I Look, I love the Street Profits. As you know, I think they're a phenomenal tag team. Um, and But we, we can't do another match with them against Andrade and Garza. Can't oh, we? they can. I guess yeah, <laughs> you're right. Let's not, though. Let's not. Yeah. So, Rollins and Murphy's a heel team. But, like... So, I guess, will it be them? Pick me a winner in this. I would go Rollins-Murphy. Just because of that dynamic, the heel team. Dominic and Carrillo seems like it'd be a more fun option. I mean, it's the most fresh for sure. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, I mean, Street Profits beat Rollins and Murphy for the titles way back when, right? Yeah. Okay, so. Um, the undercard is not impressing me for this clash of champions. I think the two world title programs they're doing a decent job at, but the undercard is kind of bleh. Yeah, I can pull up that card right now. Actually, I have it in front of me. I, they just, I, they, I don't think they've officially added, but it's coming up. Um, there's going to be a three way intercontinental title match. Uh, yeah, ladder that, match. that was announced on Talking Smack this morning. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So it's Sami Zayn, AJ Styles, and Jeff Hardy. Mm-hmm. What do we think of Sami Zayn losing his return to SmackDown? God. Oh, I love Sami Zayn. I was pumped to see him back. And yeah, not sure about that decision. But. It's interesting how, like, he's presented as this, like, you know, 
cowardly person for like just leaving when we you, when wink wink nudge nudge we all know why he wasn't on TV mm-hmm. all this time. But like that's not the case with Roman at all. Yeah. Oh, I guess Roman turned heel. You know, he turned his back on his fans. <laughs> Sammy was not wrestling. heel, so yeah, whatever. But yeah, right. that, yeah, not wrestling during a pandemic. That, yeah. that, that's that's a heel turn in Vince McMahon's eyes. So I assume you're talking about the tag matches that you're not too excited for. The Nia Shayna versus Riot Squad match and the Cesaro Shinsuke versus Lucha House Party match. No, what about... Uh, no, I mean, I just think that... What, you know... I thought for sure Nakamura and uh, Cesaro were going to lose the tag titles to Roman and Jay when they got beat on Raw by the Street Profits. That's just so odd. And they like kind of ignored that that match even happened on SmackDown, I thought. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just like, well, yep, our champs went over to Raw and got beaten. Well, hope you hope you forget that in a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Lucha House, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're fun. It could be a real fun match, I guess. It's just... I don't know. It's not very well built. The story is not great is what you're saying. Yeah. So, all right. Well, guys, if you want to hear us talk stories, check out the most recent edition of Top Rope Nation Classics. There was a a special preview that hit your podcast feeds last Monday. It was like I cut together different clips from the show, basically from the whole duration of the show. Put that into like a 10-minute highlight package. But if you want to hear Kyle and myself tell the story of WWF this Tuesday in Texas. It's a really fun 90-minute show that we recorded. Uh, if you're into like 90s WWF, you'll really like it. We rave about the Jake Roberts, Randy Savage storyline that had had a great match or a, a great after-match segment, I should say, on Tuesday in Texas. It's a lot of fun. If you want to support Top Rope Nation, the best way is through patreon.com slash Nation. There are 20 bonus shows you can only hear on Patreon, and that is the most recent show so if you didn't hear it listen to the 10 minute preview from our podcast feed last monday and check out the whole show on patreon we would love to have your support you get a free gift in the mail when you sign up again you can read about it at patreon.com slash top rope nation and kyle i hope that ipa went down good this afternoon and you're ready to get some work done now this the the rest of the day and this afternoon buddy i'm just happy you hit record yes (laughs) when we started the show we did our show open, and I was like, oh, crap, I haven't hit record. we got to redo that. So <laughs> we got a little rehearsal in for the first two minutes of the show. Oh, I think that's maybe the first time I've done that in the history of our hundred and almost 200 shows. I think it was. Hey, even the greats have an off you know, minute. That's an true. Off 30, an off 30 seconds. It wasn't even a minute. <laughs> My transitions earlier in the show saved me, so yeah. I'll take that. All right, guys, follow us on social media, at Top Rope Nation. That is the username on Twitter and Instagram. We are on Facebook. Oh, and, of course, we have this Facebook group. Search Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion. We're posting each and every day. We've got a great group of members over there, uh, over 230 members strong now, I think. So we'd love to have you join in and talk some pro wrestling with us. If you search Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion, it will come up on Facebook.com. I'm with you, Kyle Ryan, on the Hurt Business. Good look. Yes. Friend Kyle. Good look. Our friend Kyle Ryan has been very active. Always enjoy what he has to say over there. So, uh, yeah, and uh, new, newer listener of the show, uh, Gabe, has been really active as well. So, uh, yeah, a lot going on. A lot of good good discussions. We've got the G1 starting up. A friend of the show, Garrett Gonzalez, he has a pool going that I entered over on Fight Game Media, another Blue Wire uh, wrestling podcast that's been... It's going to give me an added dimension to uh, to watch the G1. Now, I I actually haven't watched last night's show. It just started. But maybe we can get some G1 discussion 
in the weeks ahead. We shall see. You're going to kill me, man. Why? There's a lot of, There's a lot going on in my world. Oh, if I have to add to my wrestling watching, I'm going to be down. I'm going to just be in front of the TV. For, uh, well, what if I set a Guinness Book of World Records this week for being in front of the television? What if I just didn't move? What if I just watched TV for an entire week straight? Oh, you should else? set up a webcam, man. Yeah, I just sat there. <laughs> the great Kyle Ross live webcam feed as he sits in front of his TV for like just five days. Just getting fat, straight. just just getting up to like go drive and get a burrito from Chipotle. Dr- oh man, drinking double IPAs and eating Taco Johns—that sounds like a good time to me. I might be getting some Taco Johns in the next month or so. <laughs> Maybe I'll get some tonight and share a picture ah, with you. Motherfucker. <laughs> Oh, all right, guys. On that note, this has been episode 174 of Top Rope Nation. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.